1: Welcome everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Sasha Talks Special Edition. I cover spirituality in many different life topics and one that I've been thinking of relaying for a long period of time was astral travel and the astral dimension. And I thought it would be really fun to bring on a guest, a returning guest whom I'm proud of introducing is Lady Catherine.
0: I'm here. Thank you, Sasha. I love being with you. I love doing radio segments with you. I love bantering with you. I love discussing anything with you. It's really wonderful to be here. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining me. And I know that over the past few days, you and I were pitching topics to one another. And the one that resonated with me because of probably the timing and my experiences in life has to do with astral dimension and you had a lot to say about that. So today we'll be covering that. But because we also have been practicing for at least 30 years, how would you define astral travel?
0: Define it? It's just, a, for me, it's just a part of me. It's always been a part of me. I, I can't definitively say when it began to happen because it's always happened. I just didn't always understand what it was. Uh, how it, it's basically... a a powerful mystic form of energy where a soul separates from the physical body and it transverses to the astral plane. Um, sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not. Then it's literally leaving the physical body and traveling to the astral plane.
1: Do you have one of your early memories when that happened that left a great impression on you? Because I'd
0: always done it and I had always done it in sleep, so it was unconscious, and I have, I cannot, I can sit here and say I've never consciously sat down and gone into a meditative state where I decided that I was going to astral travel. That's how much a part of me it is, but the one travel that I have that stands out the most vibrantly in my life was that three years ago over in Italy, I was a passenger in a car, and, um, when I'm in, when I'm sitting still, my, I, tend to, I don't want to say it's done out, but go into a meditative state because of who I am, being so sensitive and being, was driving down the street as a passenger and I ended up in this realm I'd never seen before and I looked around and I saw a lady standing there and um, I, she introduced herself as Sarah and I asked her where I was and she said, you're in fifth dimension and at that time I'd heard about fifth dimension, didn't really think much about it and didn't think I would see it in this lifetime. At any rate, uh, when I came out of the dimension, she was still with me, followed me home, and told me that she was one of my new spirit guides. She comes in and out of my life routinely. She's not with me 24 hours a day. But when she's here, she's a makeup artist, she's funny, and she will come in sometimes if I have a very difficult female client or a twin flame relation, uh, uh, situation. She's phenomenal, but I met her in fifth dimension, so that's pretty much my most, um, I guess my favorite experience with astral traveling.
1: That is one thing you and I have in common. I have not ever sat down to astral travel uh, anywhere consciously, and I had recently Mm. shared with you that it's normal because I've caught myself astral traveling in my waking life. And it is completely outside of my control. And we leave our bodies in and out often without realizing it. Yes, we do. And when we're spiritually awake,
0: it makes more sense than to someone who may be vibrating on first dimension level or vibrating on a non-spiritual level. They can't make sense of it. And it's to say that they can even astral travel. Any higher than first or second dimension, honestly, Um, you have ascended to fifth dimension. So it's a matter of now keeping the ego in check, really keeping it in check, staying on top of it, and allowing it to soar And and accept and embrace who
1: you really are. And that definitely takes a lot of spiritual and self-development because I know I've been living through it. Now, in terms of astral travel, I've always found it interesting in my life that I receive visitors when I'm sleeping, but my visitors have to be or happen to be very specific. They happen to be men that I cross paths with. And these people are Mm -hmm. individuals that are still, to my knowledge, alive and they're to this day. Uh, Do you receive astral visitors?
0: I do, but only one or two, and they've been very significant in my life in terms of soulmate relationships. They will astral travel, whether it's, I doubt highly, very highly doubt that they're consciously aware of it, but in a sleep state, the souls do tend to gravitate to one another, especially in a soulmate relationship, and
1: I could only count three of them that have made it, and the latest one that I had mentioned to you left each list because it was a very specific type of astral travel. Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying, and that does happen. Soulmates
0: go to sleep, they're going to find each other because the soul is in command. And when we are unconscious or asleep, the soul is free to travel. And the soulmates will find one another to feel that closeness, to talk, to connect, to say, hi, how are you doing?
1: Do you feel now and then? when people travel, they may be there to relay or communicate a message? Absolutely, especially if they passed on. Absolutely. So he, here's a question that someone who may be outside of the spiritual realm wondering, how can you differentiate between an astral visitor and a spirit? For me, there is no difference. If I am communicating
0: with the soul, I'm communicating with the soul. Death is just a physical form of our consciousness or the spiritual death, not spiritual death, I'm sorry, but the bodily death or the physical death. The soul is alive, very much alive. So if I am in a state, a meditative state, or if a visitor comes to me, an astral visitor when I'm asleep, there is no difference. I'm speaking with a soul, not a physical body. So if I come to and wake up, then I have to ask myself or find the, or find the information, is this person alive in flesh or not? The soul does change. We
1: are literally physical beings walking around with souls attached. So while I was doing some of the research for the astral dimension, and I had amped up my research probably in the past three, four months, and you could this kind of ties into the type of clients we may read for time to time. One person had asked that you could use astral traveling to heal, self-heal or bring closure to a open situation, but then there are some people who think that they could astral travel to spy on people. And then I stopped reading the questions because you know that stupidity has no bounds. What are your thoughts when people have that? (laughs) What are your thoughts when people want to apply spiritual development tools, but not for the right reasons? A warning, be
0: very careful, be extremely careful. I mean, for me, if I were to And I've never consciously, ever consciously astral traveled. But if I were, I would make sure that I were vibrating in light. I would make sure that I had protection as far as my guides and my angels and God himself or herself. And I, there is no way that I would want to use that because that opens up a whole different level of, uh, of darkness. And if you believe in Satan, and if you believe in hell, and if you believe in the dark side, that really can open you up to a dark level of spiritual i just want to say spiritual darkness is the only way that that i can term it if we're going to use it if we're going to use it for light for good for humanity for healing for soul retrieval whatever the case might be those things are of light but if we're going to use it to invade another person or to work against this person's free will whatever the case may be then we're opening up a can of worms to the dark side. That's my feeling on it, and my observation.
1: Thank you for stressing that, because a lot of people think just because you escape the physical realm that you could do whatever you want and not have any consequences. And one of the things that are stressed is that you have to ground your energy, but you also have to protect your energy. Just because you leave the physical plane, it doesn't mean that you won't. Your energy cannot get attacked or be compromised. Oh. Absolutely not.
0: Absolutely not. And even even offering a reading to a client, I protect myself because if, if we believe that there are good spirits and angels, we also have to believe in the other side of it too. We can't believe in one without believing in the other. So, oh, absolutely. I would I I would highly highly uh, recommend not to be traveling it to, or not to be using any spiritual gift as a form of anything
1: that is not of love and light and of God. You and I kind of fall under that just because you have certain abilities, you can use them in any way possible, and you have immunity, and it doesn't work that way in the eyes of the laws of nature. No, not in universal law and not under the, the,
0: the direction of the divine. Absolutely not. We have free will. There's no doubt about it. We have free will. And those of us who have spiritual gifts, we have an obligation to use those in love and light. It's an obligation. It's a gift, yes. But the obligation to use it, it's, for me, it's, it's just um, having a gun for protection. I'm not going to randomly go out and shoot someone just because I have this weapon or this gift. I wouldn't use a gun to harm anyone or to shoot anyone. Why would I want to use my
1: spiritual gifts to do that? I like that example that you shared. Yes, for us as uh, working professionals, but also for the yes. client, because they think yes. that if they go to a professional, they're covered under that umbrella, and it says, no, you have to work on your development. You're an individual. Yes. You can't have that codependent relationship, or that turns really toxic and nasty.
0: No, we're all personally responsible.
1: My feeling, my
0: thinking, my belief system is one day I will stand before the divine. And I don't want to be standing there saying, I asked her to travel um, to spy on my husband or I asked her to to spy on my girlfriend to see what they were gossiping about. Whatever the case may be, it's invasive, it's intrusive. And um, my laws
1: that govern me and my spirit and my soul wouldn't allow that. That's a good rule to adhere by. But also given who you and I are, we already carry the burden with our abilities of knowing how people perceive us or what is going through their mind. (laughs) And that itself is a lot for us to digest and work with and know how to coexist with people. And of course, you and I both happen to be people of faith that we also know that God allows us to see and have access to information to the degree that We can make better choices, but you and I also have individual life lessons to learn. So forget about me wanting to ask to travel anywhere to get more information. And then you also have to deal with information that has to do with taking care of yourself and protecting yourself. Yes, taking care of yourself, protecting yourself
0: is is key to being effective at what we do.
1: Knowing how having an idea of how people perceive you, and this goes more from a spiritual plane, not the day-to-day practical realm. How do you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: digest and work with that information when you know that you're in an environment where people have all different types of opinions of you or you have to be a little bit more guarded because there may be some surprises coming around the corner?
0: That's an interesting question. I am very blessed that I work full-time in the spiritual field I am blessed that I've overcome all of that. It took me a long time to let go of what others thought of me. I do not walk out the door and meet what I would refer to in my life as normal people and tell them what I do for a living. I do not just walk out and say, "Hi, I am a psychic reader. When I'm asked what I do, I say I'm a life coach and leave it at that, which is not lying. It's just saving me from what you're asking how to handle it. That's how I handle it and beyond that I have learned that honestly what others think about me isn't any of my business. It took me a long time to overcome that. A very long time. And as long as I am exercising and walking in self-love and I know that it sounds hokey but having worked in this field for 34 years. Love is not hokey. It's what work is what causes others to to become more accepting of who we are as light workers and um, the ego let go of that ego let
1: it go and it takes a lot of work for us to constantly to keep the ego in check yes it does it's our worst
0: enemy but once we master it we don't care what others think, and no, we're, we don't, I don't want to blatantly walk out the door right now and say, hi, I'm a psychic reader. I wouldn't do that, but um, you will reach a point where you just are accepting of who you are, and if others can accept you, that's okay.
1: But I've also learned through experiences that if you are very well accepting of yourself, it may make mm-hmm. other people uncomfortable around you, but the one great feeling I could walk away with is I'm unapologetic. And I know it's taken a village to get me to that point and you yes. have to maintain it. Yes, you
0: do. And it I know we do make people uncomfortable. I'm not playing that down by any stretch of the imagination. I know we do. But, but it's still case. Okay. Do-
1: people like to do that to us. <laughs>
0: <That's right. laughs> that's right they do they do we do we we make people uncomfortable
1: so I don't broadcast just don't broadcast it likewise I could relate to that Uh, on the astral topic I know that when we for those who travel out you're in a whole different dimension and it also requires a different level of opening up but for those who are probably crossing paths with you and I today for the first time, would you like to briefly share your opening up experience as a kid, which I also recall you shared with my audience years ago when you came. I alluded to, was it normal? I remember as a kid that my mom and my aunt would always put shrouds on the mirrors, and I never understood what that was, and that you had shared with me that you were also accustomed to that. And as young as about three years old, you had memories of remembering and speaking to spirits
0: oh yes 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 my first encounter through a mirror was um when i was around three yes i i don't i was speaking to spirits through mirrors as a matter of fact i'd forgotten all about that while wow, we get back a long time sasha um i believe the first the first encounter was with the nun through the mirror is that the one you're referring to
1: I'm... i i know there are many Oh, you could talk about the opening up what you had to go through like for example my teenage years were painful. I would have sleep paralysis, I would be astral traveling, night sweat, and I would literally feel spirits on me. Uh, oh, I grew up in a house very much
0: like that. And yeah. it was
1: nightmarish until later, I started understanding what was happening. Because uh, when you're a kid, everything is I thought other children were just like me. So did
0: I, I really thought that other children were like me.
1: I, uh, it was
0: just normal. It was just absolutely normal for a piano to be playing in the middle of the night, and for me to get asleep to sleep scared. I mean, really frightened because I didn't know what I was going to see, who I was going to see, who was going to visit. Uh, the night sweats, the night yeah,
1: but those are so
0: far in the background now. They're just as you brought it up. I'm remembering. It just seems so far in the background. That absolutely. It wasn't pleasant growing up.
1: Yeah, I did not look forward to going to bed at that during that entire phase. Mm. But let's move on to lighter topics because I thought okay. I was really curious <laughs> if you had similar experiences because it took me at least three decades to run into someone who also had a similar childhood. So Because it's not the kind of stuff you could discuss with any uh, adult. No, they'll it, look at you like you have ten heads. Yes, I mean, really,
0: I. Um, it's something that uh, we don't need people like us that grew up with those experiences. I wouldn't want it for any other child. I didn't enjoy any moment of it. I, I didn't, I can't even, I don't even know what I learned through it other than the, a stronger faith in God because it was not easy to see and talk and, and know that, that I was being watched
1: by spirits. And not all of them were pleasant. For those that are interested in exploring astral travel, Before they start engaging in the actual activity, what guidance would you have for them?
0: Before they start engaging?
1: Yes. To make sure that they are vibrating
0: on a higher level of consciousness, meaning in simple terms that they are doing it of love and light, that they are protected by guards and angels. And when I say guardians, I mean angels and by God. Um, You had mentioned something about the silver cord. We do have a silver cord that is attached from the soul to the body. Now, there are different uh, estimations on how long this cord is. So how far do you want to travel to find out? Because if that cord snaps, you won't be returning to your physical body. In other words, just protect yourself. Make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. And make sure that you're protected.
1: Yes. So I will just allude briefly to my personal experience, something that I had completely overlooked. Given what I do, it probably would have been the first thing I would have thought of, but as you and I know that a while back when I was in in an accident, I had gone through a lot. And it was after a year following the accident, I had decided to entertain a healing session. And the person said, we need to put you back into your body because you're not completely in there. So following the healing session, I walked out and I had never felt that whole. And I told myself, given the work you do, it should have been a thought that crossed your mind that you're not completely in your body. And I was walking around coexisting, and I know I was in a lot of pain for at least 15 months. And when I went through the healing session, It looks like a night and day difference.
0: That's
1: interesting
0: because, first of all, I'm really sorry that you went through all of that. I'm grateful that that you've healed and you're still with us because we need you. Have you ever really thought about it? I was thinking about it this morning as I was praying about your show. Have you really ever sat and thought about it? Being a reader or being a gifted woman, have you ever really felt inside your body? Have you ever been just present?
1: Very good question for most of the time, no, and I know in the past six months i've been astral traveling in my making life, and I catch mm-hmm. myself and i'm doing day to day stuff like driving or taking care of my errand and I know exactly where i've astral traveled to it's so particular that I literally feel emotionally and mentally I am at that location mm-hmm. and I recall I had shared with you uh, over a year ago that Physically, I may be in different parts of the world, but my body, uh, my, uh, my spirit keeps on going back to that same place.
0: Well, my suggestion is to find out why. What is it that's calling your soul to that particular place? I, my after traveling, like I said, up until um, Italy three years ago was all unconscious. I was always asleep. Uh, for you to be awake and to be traveling to this place, find out why. Three years ago, no, it was not normal at all, and this is why I say, you know, this is what's happening to you. But given that you're traveling to the same place
1: over and over, there's a reason. Follow those curiosities and
0: find out why.
1: And as a follow-up to your question, when was the last time you felt so alive and present? This morning?
0: I I feel, I, I guess, since I feel that I have finally conquered ego, finally, after years of fighting it. For the past few weeks, every morning I wake up feeling whole and present, not inside my body. That's never going to happen. I've come to that conclusion. That's never going to happen because I am a spiritual person. But I feel whole. I feel present. I take care of my body. I do all the things to nurture it, to love it to take care of it, to feed it, to cut it. I do all of those things, but um, I feel whole today. I feel whole sitting right here, speaking with you, speaking with the audience. What a wonderful I, feeling. Yes, it is. And I've worked hard to get here, but a lot of stumbles, and I don't want any more, so every day it's a conscious decision that <laughs> I make to, to accept it. Is a that. lot of work. <laughs> it is. It is. And as soon as we say it, something happens. So anyways, today I feel great and I feel whole and I feel, I feel balanced and very grateful to be alive and grateful for this body and grateful for the the soul and the, the balance between the two. And knowing that they're very separate, but the same.
1: Yes. Well, ego is the thing that often kind of entices us to either slow down and do it another way. And there just uh-huh. some lessons in life that there's only one way of going through it and yes. coming out on the other end. Uh, and, and, I, and, and I'm sure and you laugh particular. because compared to when you met me many, many, many years ago and how I am now.
0: <laughs> you are amazing. You are just amazing. You're not the same person that you were many, many years ago. Your spiritual growth is astounding. You're a beautiful, wonderful soul. What you feel, I mean, you have been through your trials and tribulations. You have, I've, I've, I've watched you go through it. I've heard you go through it. And you just come out stronger each time. Each time you just come out stronger. And that's what trials and tribulations are about. They are there to make us spiritually stronger people. And that's what you do. So now you're going through some astral traveling. Embrace it. You're going to lo- you really will come
1: to love it. Well, you know what? The more I started meditating on it, I, I know that I've been doing it for a good portion of my life, but once it, it started taking up a good portion of my, uh, I would say, my awareness, that's when I started questioning it. As we start to wrap things up, Lady Catherine,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: can people reach out to you?
0: I have a new site that was just launched. I haven't even advertised it yet, but this is the one I will be going with um, from here on out. I'll return back to the formal name of com. L-A-D-Y-K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Live, L-I-V-E.com. And And it launches, mm -hmm. I believe I'm, I'm going to launch it on May 15th. Really? Oh,
1: okay. That sounds like the date for the month.
0: It is the date for the month. It's the date that's been given to me for you, for me. And it we look is forward the to
1: those great things coming our way. And just for uh, a curiosity's sake, and I often ask this to people who drop by, what is the greatest lesson that you've learned in the past year that we could possibly learn from? The greatest lesson
0: that I have learned in the past year is what I thought was faith is not faith. I had to literally stand on faith this past year in a way that I've never had to in the past in the past 54 years of life. Never have I ever been faced with the type of faith that I've had to stand on this past year. For me, my greatest lesson this past year was faith. To just know that it's done and to let go of outcome. I can't control anything except what is right here in front of me today I learned to stay out of yesterday, and I learned to stay out of tomorrow. All I can do is stay right here with with what's in front of me right now and believe and know that tomorrow is already taken care of as long as I do what needs to be done today. So faith.
1: I'm sure that resonates with many of us out there. It takes a lot to stay in faith.
0: It does. It takes a lot. We all want to know what's coming. We all want to know the next step. We all want to know, but sometimes the answers are just not there. And when the answers are not there, what do we have? We can either fall apart and fall down or we can stand in faith and say, I know, I know that it's already been provided. I know that it's already been mapped out. I can't prove it. I don't need to prove it. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing what I need to do. All I can do is is call on the divine and know that it's there. It's done. And it works out
1: because it is
0: already done. It's already ordained. It's already established. We're the ones that get in the way.
1: It's often when we have to stay in faith and we're surrounded by those who aren't in faith. That's when it's challenging because we have to make sure that your core doesn't labor. Oh,
0: it is very challenging. And I admire uh, people like yourself and others that are out in the world
1: out in the world, it's not easy. I always appreciate the insights you bring because there's never a dull moment because I know that offline, you and I explore many spiritual topics. Yeah, And we try our best to keep it on a level where people could digest it without turning it into a very complex delivery of the messages. Are there any new projects that you are working on in your spiritual development that you would like to share with the audience?
0: I'm always working on something. I think the newest project that I'm working on in spiritual development is actually a step ascension through astrology. I am loving every moment of it. It has caused me to grow by leaps and bounds. I can't say enough about it. I am working under the direction of a psychologist whom I admire, look up to his teachings have been invaluable through the use of psychic astrology. I have learned to um, overcome ego. And that's my main project. My main project right now is me in the Ascension through astrology, through his teachings. My website is a project I'm working on. And uh, that's about it. And guys,
1: if you want to check out her website, which will be coming out, in a matter of days, it will be ladycatherinelive.com You could also write to her, and that information was on one of her prior appearances on Sasha Talks. It Lady kathalinelady0 at com, and her... Professional contact will be relayed on the Sasha Tufts platform. Lady Catherine, I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your insights today.
0: Thank you. It was wonderful being Thanks. here.
1: Thank you, everyone. If you have any questions, go to SashaTux.com, leave feedback or thoughts, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank
0: you.